Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? Nice to be here. Hope you're doing well. Hope your weekend went well. Hope your life is going well. You know, Fourth of July is just coming to a wrap here in uh, in my neighborhood. I live in a Mexican neighborhood, so obviously the Fourth of July has been going for the last three and a half weeks. The Fourth of July is actually an extended holiday that runs from around June 6th or 7th to about July 8th or 9th. It is now, as I record this, uh, you know, around there. And uh, it seems like the fireworks have subsided and everything is doing all right. On today's show, Andy Richter from the Conan O'Brien Show's version one and two and soon to be three. Pow! I think I just blew my fucking gasket in my goddamn head. I got to go to fucking yoga. That's what I've been doing. I've been going to yoga on Sundays. Look, I'm no I'm no Zen master. I don't go for the spirituality of it. I don't go for the meditative element of it. I go because it's flow yoga. It's power yoga. You, you keep moving. You sweat your balls off, and you feel like you've done something. And I got you know, I'm telling you, I'm putting on a few pounds. And you know, I know I talked about this before. I'll man up about it. But it's either like you know, I accept it, or I go back to you know, to to nicotine. I've done every. I've gone back to hard drugs because of fat because of what I come from. But I'm going to yoga tomorrow. I'm going to go to Joe's yoga class. I've been going to Joe's yoga class on and off for like, since I've come out here, since for like eight years, at Sunday at the Y in Hollywood. Joe's Power Yoga. Hello, everybody. I see some new faces. Welcome, welcome. I hope, uh, I hope everybody's feeling good this Sunday morning. I hope you're ready for an exciting practice. Um, if you have any injuries, please tell me, I'm sorry, but I, um, would just like to be honest. I think I'd like to be honest, uh, at this power yoga session. You know, sometimes I wonder about yoga instructors because it's clear, you know, there's, there are paths you can take when your life hits the skids. You know, some people, some people become born again, Christians, others become massage therapists and yoga instructors. It seems like there's a similar trajectory. Like, you know, it's like, oh my God, I've hit bottom. Uh, you know, I don't know where to turn. I'll turn to Jesus or I'll become a yoga instructor or massage therapist. But I always sense that underneath it, underneath the, the, uh, the, the, I, I'm not, I'm not denying anybody their peace of mind or saying that it's not legitimate or saying that yoga doesn't help. But I, I'd sort of like to hear a little bit of honesty at some point in a yoga class where it's like, please, I want everybody to take a deep breath, breathe in and let it out. Oh. Let's take three inhales and exhales and let it out. Oh, that's one. And two. That's right. Let it out. I didn't want to be doing this, folks. Breathe in and breathe out. I tried to make it as a screenwriter. I didn't make it. I didn't know what to do. I was drinking and I decided to do yoga. Okay, let's get into our downward dogs. I hate my life. That's right. I hate being alone. I don't like the fact that I didn't make it in my chosen profession. All right, bend up. All right, work your feet back and forth. Right foot, left foot, right foot. I hate my parents. Left foot. I really wish that my dad would accept me. Right foot. And okay, let's move down into a full vinyasa. Uh, into upward dog. Okay, open it up. 
pull back, push back up into a downward dog, and I really, really want to die. I do not want to be doing this. Breathe in and breathe out. I failed. I failed. Breathe in and breathe out. Push out. Push out all of the failure. Push out all of the bitterness. I fucking hate this. I hate this. I got to go. You guys do your own practice. I'll leave my iPod here. Okay? Okay. There was something that happened today, though. I went and bought a cooler. I wanted to buy a cooler. I went to Vaughn's Market. Bought a bag. Bought a bag that said keeps things frozen things frozen for up to three or four hours in this. You know, it's got the space age, tinfoily, you know, supersonic uh insulated silvery you know like nothing freezes you know dead people come back to life in the bag kind of shit one of those it was insulated with that stuff the stuff that they make the survival blankets out of and it was just a bag with a handle and a zipper and it was like 13 bucks so i packed it up with food and i went up there with the girl and uh and literally two days in the zipper broke it was it was unfixable it was crap it was like it was probably made in china it was garbage it was $13 and it turned out to be garbage. I wanted it to be supersonic space age stuff that kept my food fresh and good forever. But it didn't even last two fucking days and I was furious. I get hung up on this shit. I get hung up on it. And I'm, all I'm thinking is like, I got to take that back to, to, for peace of mind to save some face. I mean, the way they want us to think about it is like, what, it was 13 bucks? Fuck it. Fuck it. No, I, if I looked at the Coleman coolers, I could have got a Coleman cooler. We know the name Coleman. It means something. It means we remember it. They make lanterns and things for being outside. Why? And I knew I should have gotten that, but I got the bag and it breaks in two days. And all I'm thinking, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Like, I'm going to bring that back. I'm going to make a scene. I'm going to the manager at Vaughn's. I want justice. I want this replaced. I actually don't want this at all. I want a fucking Coleman cooler that I'm probably not going to use. I only use this thing once. I don't camp. I don't go out that much, but we needed it for this particular trip. But I was furious that I wasn't going to be the guy that said, fuck it. You know, it's only 13 bucks. That's bullshit. And I planned this big stand I was going to have with the manager at Vons. And there is nothing better than meeting, than going to do something like that and realize that you're dealing with a manager that doesn't give a fuck. That is the best moment. When you walk in and they're like, I don't fucking care. Get another one. Get a credit. I, I don't give a shit. There's a lot. Of, I just love that. Where they're, they're being... Their, their customer service is great because they got nothing to lose. That's the greatest type of manager. They're not trying to kiss anyone's ass. They're not, you know, whoever they're beholden to is not going to judge them for that. For they've got nothing to lose by just giving you whatever the fuck it is that you need or want. And I even like that attitude. Don't even pretend that you're helping me out. I walked in there. I'm like, hey, man, you know, I got that slight edge. Like, you know, I bought this like two days ago and the zipper broke. And he, this guy just, I go, you the manager? He goes, yeah. He just looks at me and I'm like, he goes, well, you want, you want another one? I'm like, I don't know. Not really. Maybe I want a cooler. He's like, all right, just go over there. Go to customer service and you know she'll give you credit. All right? I'm like, yeah, thanks. And thanks for not kissing my ass or pretending like you give a shit. Thank you for that. Thank you for showing me that you don't give a fuck about this because it has no bearing on your job. I appreciate that. I'd much rather that. Then you kiss my ass or give me a hard time. Let's enjoy the show, folks, because I got Andy Richter on the show. Andy and I were buddies. You know, I've been doing the Conan O'Brien show when it started. I remember me and Andy used to smoke in his dressing room. That was back when we both smoked. Looking forward to seeing where Andy is, where the future of Andy Richter is, and and where the future of the Conan O'Brien show is, and how he's doing in general. So we're going to sweat it out here in the garage. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
I, uh, I have to be upfront with you. Yeah. Um, you don't know who I am, do you? I, I, I have an idea. Right. There's that, but there's also this fact that I, for some reason, horrendous gas. I have surprising gas because of the not i don't know what it's for i don't know if it's a cabbage salad that i ate or perhaps the chickpeas and kale and it's not just noise it's uh potency it's i wish it was noisy it's not i don't even hear it happen and i don't even know it happens till i'm surrounded by something have you ever had gas you know if you don't feel it happen that's from years of abuse (laughs) that's what that's from (laughs) i feel it I know it's what it's poop. <laughs> oh, geez, I must have farted. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I just, I haven't been in touch with that area for a while. <laughs> but have you ever surprised yourself with the smell? Where you're like, oh, my God. Oh, absolutely. Where you're yeah. like, what is, what's that even connected to? Well, being married, too, the thing is, is that uh, a fart at night, like you are aware, and you're sort of aware... Oh. Yeah. Like, you know, you fart a few times and you know, like, ah, it's just all show. Yeah, yeah. But then when it's really horrible yeah. and then like laying in bed, like there have been times too when I've been laying in bed and like had to get up and go into the bathroom <laughs> yeah. to fart just out of kindness yeah, to my wife because I don't want to wake her up with the foul stench of my rotting innards. Yeah, well, I mean, that's horrible when you have to literally where you fart and you're both sitting there and you're like, you're not sure what's going to happen. You're like, oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm well, so you have sorry, to, you have darling, to apologize. sweetheart. Andy Richter is in my garage here at the Cat Ranch. <laughs> I um, I know that uh, that uh, that you are, are currently unemployed. Yes. And but, Although with, with uh, this is actually uh, with potential, you know, like there's, this is actually, I actually sort of feel like this is a lull before some actual, like, real good employment. Well, are you back in with the, uh, you're you're part of the, the gang, right? Yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to do Conan's next show on TBS, and then I also uh, may be a game show host. I may be simultaneously a talk show sidekick and a game show host. Did you see that for yourself when you were starting out? I didn't see that for myself a month ago. What What uh, game show? Uh, pyramid, the $25,000 pyramid or whatever fill in the dollar amount. Holy pyramid. shit, you're the new Dick Clark? Exactly. I, or Bill Cullen. Or I think the most recent one Bill was Cullen. Donny Osmond, I think was the last. <laughs> so I've got some pretty Mormon shoes to fill. I'll say. Yeah. Get yourself a couple of wives. <laughs> and some and some weird underwear. Weird underwear and perhaps yeah. a tie. And you have ties. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. No, they, uh, yeah, no, so we did a pilot for it last week. And a pilot means you do a, uh, we did three of them. We were scheduled to do two of it, them. Is it currently on the air? Or they re- it is not. So they're retooling the whole they pyramid. They are re- retooling it uh, to be on, and the, the aim is to put it on weekday mornings on CBS along with The Price is Right, uh, the, 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 the Let's Make a Deal. And then us, because they, I guess they canceled a gazillion-year-old soap opera or something. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Yeah. I, I have daytime TV. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm ca- I telling you what I was told by the people that hired me to do the job. Well, I'm trying to figure out. I, I auditioned for a game show once, and I couldn't wrap my, my brain around the game show. I could not do the hosting and the game. Yeah. But were you able to do that? I'm, I can't remember the game. Is like one guy decides to give the clues, and the other one gets the clues. Yeah, and you get it's almost like password, but it's not password. Right, right. right? Isn't that pyramid? Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. like the pyramid. The thing turns around, and it's like you know people with bees in their asses. There's two. There's two. Well, it would never be that interesting. Oh, it's always a little more. It's things. 
things Abraham Lincoln would say. Or famous Susans. Yes, exactly. Right, right. Um, and But there's a first part that's a little looser mm-hmm. uh, where the, there's a celebrity and then a contestant. And this, and then they trade off in saying, and you get a list of uh, things, that, and it's just basically word association without saying the word, right? Kind of that, in that passwordy kind of way. Well, so, like, so you being, get a, you get a word in your head, and let's do it. Do one with me, okay? Uh, it's oh. hard, right, to make them. Um, up. You yeah, need yeah. A special. Uh, this is the thing that you hang ornaments on on December. Christmas ass. <laughs> Chris, Christmas cock. <laughs> See, but you're not playing right. Oh, Christmas tree. You're just trying to make old ladies mad. <laughs> you would go on and like, uh, oh my, um, what fits in my asshole? <laughs> my balls. Fuck you, grandma. Yeah, that's uh, every answer. It's like, <laughs> do, do another one. Just do another one. Okay. Um, uh, he was the president that uh, was married to Jackie O. I hate my parents. Oh. Uh, right? <laughs> Not the time. Oh, sorry. Not the time. That's during the chat part. When we go, so hey, Mark, I understand you're from you're from Los Angeles. You live in Los Angeles. What do you do? I hate, I hate my parents. I hate them. That's I what I do. That's why, that's oh, you met for a living. All, that's what I do for a living too. It's all because of that. <laughs> well, I don't, well, I hope you get the job if you want the job, and I'm glad that Conan's going to the thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I don't even understand. Like I've known you because we used to meet backstage occasionally. Yeah. I apologize for the heat again. Are you okay? No, that's all right. There? I'm fine. I actually I was playing tennis, so I already was sweaty oh, and good, gross. Good. So I'm just doubling up. I'm holding my gas in too, out of respect. Please do. Out of respect. You could pause you. and step outside. No, I'm going to hold it. Yeah. I don't have to do it yet. All right. They've been like surprising. Like they've like the farts that I'm having are so bad that I wish that someone's around so I could go. Did you hear that? Like they go on <laughs> so long. I'm like, oh my god, where was I? hiding that yeah yeah it's like a magic trick i have found uh lately that airline travel has made me very gassy really and then not like it and just like it just seems like uh someone hooks up air and uh on while i was on the conan tour i came home one time at four o'clock in the morning and was doing my best to not wake up the entire household but was having the loudest explosive trumpeting like Kind of farts, uh, and I, I was, I was kind of hilarious to try and be, you know, you think I'm going to put that in a script someday. Just yeah, like a, how is that a house, funny? Uh, a cat burglar with horrible gas. Just you should just like picture like a quiet street neighborhood at night. Yeah. You know, maybe and just this, all the homes are dark, and you just hear like, <laughs> and the light comes on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know oh, where it fits you're in. Home. Yeah, it could fit into any sitcom. It, sure could. it could fit into any movie. So I what okay, so I've known you since the beginning of Conan. We were there at the beginning. Uh, you were obviously the 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 co-host there, and I would come in occasionally and we would smoke cigarettes in your office right. back in the day when we right, smoked right. cigarettes. And we were both aggravated and angry, but mm-hmm. uh, making the best of things. <laughs> and the one thing I never knew about you, and I and it turns out I still don't is where the hell do you come from? Oh, what I come, is your background? I come from uh, the Midwestern part of the United States. Chicago? Uh, yes, outside of there. Uh, Illinois. Born in, you know, I was born in Michigan, but it's all around the Great Lakes. Right. Uh, and you came up doing what? Improv. Theater? Oh, so you were part of Second yeah. City? I never did Second City because at the time that I had started, which would have been 1989. Right. Um, Second City was kind of shitty. It had... It it's it was sort of being poorly managed and was resting on its laurels right. and 
We that, made John Belushi? Yeah, that kind of thing. Right. And then, and the thing that you really, well, what it did do, yeah. as opposed to other improv places in town, uh, specifically the Improv Olympic, which is where I was, mm-hmm. um, the Improv Olympic had Del Close, who was sort of the- He was like a wizard, right? The brain master of, you know, the, the Im- modern improv was pretty much a creation of his. It was called the- uh, what, what The Herald. The Herald. The long right, form right, that Herald, he did. Yeah, that was the Del Close. Yeah. yeah, and so he was a, and he was a very good teacher and a very inspirational you teacher. You knew him? Uh, yeah, yeah, I took classes with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Second City had, uh, I don't know how many levels of classes that you went through, at the end of which you got a t-shirt, and the big thing that you could possibly get was a chance to travel around in a van and get on what they called Tourco, yeah. <laughs> travel around in a van doing Nichols and May bits yeah. at community centers yeah. in and pizza Kankakee, parlors. Illinois. Yeah, right. And that did not appeal, <laughs> you no, know, that even though the, that was like the way to make some money. That like wasn't the people, showbiz trajectory. Yeah, that, that would that just didn't seem like fun to me. And also, Second City was very, uh, they were very stingy with the stage time. And I realized early on that stage time was what was going to teach you how to do comedy. And, and the Improv Olympic, if you were good, because the woman that ran the thing, she was sort of the business end of mm-hmm. it, Sharna Halpern. If you were good, she made money off you. So she needed to get the good people on stage as quickly as possible to have a two drink minimum, right? You know, so yeah, uh, which is kind of a usury kind of situation. But the, so is every beginning of show business. Absolutely, show you business know? is business. Yeah. So uh, I got on a team pretty quickly and just kind of you know came up that way. And uh, how did Conan find you? How did they find you? Well. I had there was a, the thing that I where I started to actually make a living, not a good living, but yeah. a living. Uh in Chicago, I also worked at the theater called the Annoyance Theater. Right. And they did a thing called the Real Live Brady Bunch. I remember that. It was Brady Bunch shows. Right, no, I remember stage. when I remember when that was a big yeah. thing. Right. It and was, they brought it to New York. It was a dopey thing that we did that was that just took off. Coincided nicely with all that disco yeah. nostalgia yeah, horseshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it was re- it became a huge phenomenon, and all but it was a phenomenon too because it was really funny. Yeah, they were really talented, funny comedic actors. Well, that one who played Jan became a, was on SNL. Yeah, what was yeah. her name? What happened to her? She uh, was... Melanie Hutzel. Right, she's, Melanie Hutzel. Yeah, she's, are you friends with her? Yeah, yeah. She, um, you know, she was on SNL for a couple seasons, and you know, she still performs around town and stuff. But I mean, is she done that... with it or? Uh, well, she's got a couple kids, but I think she's still, she does, she does a couple of one woman shows uh-huh. and I think she's still kind of plugging away. I mean, See? my, my sister-in-law, Becky Thayer was Marsha. She was sort of the genesis of the whole thing because she did, she resembles Maureen McCormick and right. does an amazing imitation of her and is also a, a fantastically funny comedic actress. Yeah. She's very respected. Your, uh, your sister. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she, and she's still here in town. You know, she's working at things and is does... she's still married to the comic artist. Yes. Tony millionaire. Who's her... a very talented guy. Yes. And your wife is a very talented writer yeah. and performer. Yes. Sarah and the Thayer. And the Thayer sisters used to do that magazine. Yes. Do they still do it? Well, Sarah, it was Sarah Thyrezine was right. It? Yeah. Yeah. She did sort of a, is it still around a literary zine? No, no, no. We got children. That's, you know, she, oh, yeah. but she did write a book. She wrote a book called uh, Dark at the Roots that came out a couple that's years right. ago. That's right, of course. And, and did pretty well. Yeah, and, and she introduced my ex-wife to her agent and that... Oh, uh, right, right. But I'm over that. You know, it's <laughs> no problem with that. 
You know, oh, but uh, come on, let go. Can I let go and let God? I don't oh, know what that yeah, means. I know what it means. I don't know what that means. I do but... know what it means. It means cry. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it mean cry? Well, right, what's so... the problem with her having a book deal? I mean, did she talk about you in some way? No, no, the no. There's or... no, there's no oh, problem oh. other than she left me and bankrupt me. There's oh, no problem oh, other oh. than that. And I'm over the first. You know what? We don't need to talk about it. I'm glad she's doing well. She just had a baby, but uh, I'm glad she's <laughs> you know happy. And but look, hey, you obviously I, did I mean, something wrong. I was an asshole. Uh, I was a very difficult yeah, yeah. man. I'm a difficult man, right. Andy. But we right. all knew that. But I saw a beautiful lady in your house there. What are you doing right with her? I, she's a sex slave. That oh, I have, oh. Uh, a volunteer. She's a volunteer right, right. sex slave, which you can get in Hollywood. And she was watching Freaks and Geeks, so you only allow her to watch 10-year-old television. That's right. It's yeah. a weird thing. What a Yeah. yeah. You fucking watch that Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And after that, you watch some fucking Doogie Howser, bitch. <laughs> You know how I work. Yeah. All right, so they pull you out of the Brady Bunch thing, and they and well, you get hired? No, the Brady Bunch was in New York, went to L.A. Uh, it was very successful and popular in both places. Yeah. Um, my friend Beth Cahill, who was on Saturday Night Live the same season that Melanie Hutzel was, right. uh, introduced me to Robert Smigel while we were in New York doing the Brady Bunch. Yes. Uh, Robert and I... Then I was in L.A. doing the Brady Bunch, and Robert came out to write the ill-fated Hans and Franz Pump You Up movie. Movie, sure. So he and I hung out that summer, which was the summer of 92. And then I heard uh, Conan O'Brien. Then, you know. You didn't then know I didn't Conan? Talk to, I did not know Conan. Um, and then months later, I was back in L.A. I had... Uh, I had gotten a part in the movie Cabin Boy. I remember. That. I had left the yeah. Brady Bunch, and I was in New- I was in L.A. by myself this time because before it was like a whole troop of us had right. moved to L.A. And um, I just heard this guy Conan O'Brien is taking over for David Letterman, and he's a Simpsons writer. And in fact, I remember sitting Jeff Garland. Sure. Had, he fits into everything. Who I, yeah, who's from Chicago, <laughs> yeah. and I've known for years and years. He was doing a pilot. Uh, at like the Desilu Studios, that old studio over on Las Palmas or something. He was very confidently doing a pilot. Yes, about him being a cop, which yeah. is I'm just, a cop. I'm a cop, and and I I arrest people. Yeah, and I eat lunch. I can sometimes. smell a perp. <laughs> um, yeah, but so and and I sat in front of Bob Odenkirk and Carol Leifer mm. as they discussed Conan t- getting this job and stuff. Totally giant ear eavesdropping. On I, the what was thing. Bob saying? Can you he believe was, Conan O'Brien's going to get the job? It was no. Yeah. He was just saying, you know, like it, yeah. he'll be great and yeah, all yeah. this stuff. And um, and then shortly thereafter, I got a call from Robert, to whom I hadn't spoken in months, saying, "Hey, I'm going to be doing this show. This guy Conan is a friend of mine. I'm going to be doing the show. I'm going to be producing the show. Do you want to meet with him? He's in, still in L.A." Uh, and and maybe get a job as a writer, and I said absolutely. And yeah. so Conan and I met at a delicatessen at Junior's Deli, which sure. I think was my call. Junior's in uh, Howard, on Westwood, in, in, on, Westwood oh, on Westwood Boulevard. Right, right. Yeah, because I lived over there. Mm-hmm. He and I met and hit it off, and kind of instantly had the rapport that we have, right? Uh, which is reveling in the same right retarded. Nonsense, right, he gets all know. lit up and wired, and you go, yeah, yeah. right, Conan. Right, right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you are right, Conan. <laughs> you are, you're right. You're just right about things. 
but he's like, I remember going in there at the beginning, and I remember seeing you and seeing him, and he was, you know, he's a very intense, tightly wrapped guy. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways. And, yeah. And, and he's frenetic. Yes. And and you were always a little calmer and, and much calmer actually. And I always thought in the beginning, uh, you know, or even as as time went on, what was it a struggle? I mean, to not to deal with him, but I just know that you know he. I could just imagine that he, on a bad day, has got to be pretty crazy, and that at the beginning of the of the show in its original format, it must have been pretty crazy. Yeah. Oh, it was it was unbelievably stressful, and there were some really awful motherfuckers that treated us like shit, and who made it, it you know. But it's it's not any unique story, right? About the business people who have a network in which they supply entertainment, making the people that actually create the entertainment feel miserable about themselves, uh, treat them like shit, and um, treat them as if they don't know what they're doing. And this is what you went through in 94, or whenever that yeah, was. Yeah, and then, and, and but, then... but Conan actually, Conan and, and Jeff Ross, shielded us very well from all of it. They were very good, like parents in terms of not letting us know that we were about to be evicted right um but we understood some of it and i witnessed some of it from these people but the amazing thing is is that out of that first crew you had smigel you had louis ck you had dino dino stemophopolis or however uh-huh. you pronounce his last name there were several writers on there you guys were doing something you know very adventurous and and infantile and genius absolutely well <laughs> well it was even because I look at early shows... And I say infantile in a positive I way. Do t- I understand. I understand it in a positive way. I look at the early shows, and it, uh, it it hurts my eyeballs to see me on television, and him too. Just didn't know how to do it. Just sounded oh, yeah, fucking was, stupid and it was, awful. It was a little awkward. But we had this like defensive wall of comedy yeah. that was built around us from Robert and all those guys that you right. mentioned and, and, yeah. and more... Where and especially it was just the amount of comedy that we would put on was yeah. just astounding. We yeah. would have basically within each act we'd have three separate bits. Yeah, and even during in the middle we'd stop interviews to have a comedy bit. Yeah, and then and the pre-taping and I mean I remember at one point early on from doing remotes on the weekends and then editing them, I went through there was something like. 28 straight days that I worked with no weekend, no any, you know, just just every day, at least 12 or 13, 14 hours of just putting on comedy. Yeah, this show, which now, I mean, on a Tonight Show, I showed up at 11 and left at 7. Right, it's a different racket. Well, well, I don't want to fast forward too quickly, but I mean, I know that you left, I don't remember what the, the circumstances are, but you went on to pursue a career you know, in Conan's, yeah, you know, uh, but it was a choice. It wasn't some weird. Thing. No, no, it was a choice. It was definitely a choice. It was, it was, it was out of boredom. Was a big <laughs> thing, um, and then kind of just frustration that a feeling like I was doing the same thing over and over and over. Were again. you ever happy in that job? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Early on, and when I was uh, early on, I was absolutely happy, and after about. Four years or so, five years or so, I started to get unhappy because, number one, I was younger. This thing, I kind of had fallen into this thing. I was, when I got hired for this, I had, in my mind, started my comedic film career. Right. I I had been on Cabin Boy and and was, you know, and uh, 
people liked what I did on that movie and it was fun to be there. And I went to film school with the notion of working in movies. So you did Cabin Boy and then you get this other gig and now like, you know, you're like, oh, I gotta... But, it, well, it wasn't, it wasn't like heavily that no, way, right, right. but it certainly was... Uh, an interesting side trip from the way that I was going. There's like no... to go, like be a talk show sidekick. Oh, all right, I'll try that because it can only help. And I mean, it's making a living in show business. And yeah. who am I to turn down work at this point? Um, but four but, years in, every day. Yeah, I, I, I felt like I want to get back over on that other track right. again because right now, because it was hard to to talk to casting people. They just thought that I was uh, a spokesmodel or I was a broadcaster. Host. They didn't think that uh, of me as an actor so much anymore. And even after I le made an announcement, I'm leaving the Conan show, I'm going to be moving to primetime television and film work, I still would meet people. After the first table read of my first television show, Andy Richter Controls the Universe, some big muckety-muck at fucking Paramount comes up to me and goes, Wow, you can act. <laughs> and I thought... Well, you're fucking paying me to act. You didn't mm. you didn't check that out ahead of time? But then I, you know, I'm like, well, it's a town full of singers that can't sing and Well, it's also a town full of people that are like he seems like a, a, a an operating piece on the board. I mean, he's a name. Yeah, yeah, Andy yeah. Richter is a piece that we can use. Well, so then when you do something, it's, it's like, also too when you're when you're when they can't have you, when you're unavailable. Right. It just makes them the whole world is a fucking junior high sock hop. Oh, yeah, and yeah, if definitely. like that girl's been dancing with that other guy forever, oh my God, she's not dancing with him this dance. I simply must dance with oh, yeah, her, you yeah. know. And then, then there's the, also the the negative side of that, which yeah, is yeah. sort of like that fucker. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So you did that when you did Andy Richter controls the universe, and how many? Uh, how far did that go? Uh, we did two partial seasons. Two we ca we were mid season replacement both seasons, and that was because. Uh, in again another another sort of pattern of television that I found, all the young energetic development people that you really like and yeah. that really are cool, they really love you and they push you push you, push you and they push you up the ladder corporate ladder and yeah. then you get to like that wall of dumb fucking white men who yeah. no one no one's yeah. told them they've been wrong about anything except right. maybe their wives when they divorced them, sure. um, but they have just been told they're right about everything. For the last ten or fifteen years, well, they try not to take responsibility for anything. No, so they're they're really just like they're just they should just have fall guy yeah. on their business card. They're, all they're trying to do is avoid being blamed right, for right. failure, right? Well, there was a this there was a guy at Fox called Sandy Grusha who ran. I remember that guy ran kind of the, I think both the network He's, stuff and the production company stuff for television, right? And he just from what I hear just didn't understand the show, didn't like the show, maybe didn't like me. What year was you know? that? Because I had to deal with them, and he was the guy. Uh, this would have been... 2003? Two? Three? Uh, a little... Uh, th that would have been right at the end of his tenure. Because Gail Berman... Took over, right. Who, had, who, was, who was in charge of mm. the programming right. at the network, but still had to answer to him. They're, all of those people, and Gail I really like, all of those people kind of championing us are the only reasons we were on for two seasons to yeah. you know that he they we came back again yeah because he was like i don't get it like we lacked what i refer to as exploding titty yeah like you know that the stuff that uh, the, the, all those white men understand right they go oh yeah yeah i get it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, exploding titty. check out those titties yeah that was uh, perfect a, a uh a director that i know a very respected television director once in a casting session sat behind he said it was a uh a studio president 
a television production studio yeah. president, watching an actress, uh, you know, because the casting session, they narrow it down to three or four people. This is for the listeners. They narrow it down to three or four people, and then you come in and you basically perform in a room for all the bigwigs, and then they Terrendous. hash it out. Terrendous. Yeah, it's it's a it's a humiliating... It's, it, it, Artificial growth. It's like process. slave buying. It's yeah. a slave market. Yes, exactly. Well, can we see his teeth? Yeah. Turn him around. Yeah. But uh, he, the director, this director friend of mine, actually witnessed this net or this studio president writing on his notepad because he's writing notes about each yeah. woman. Yeah. He wrote, "I wouldn't fuck her." <laughs> like, actually, had to write it out for himself to <laughs> oh. remind himself. Oh my. Oh God. yeah, that one. I wouldn't fuck her. Oh. So she couldn't possibly play Jim Belushi's wife or whatever it oh, that's was ridiculous. you know I, you know it's it's awful the the business is awful yeah and 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 then but oh, it's great which is you know no no I know but like it's, it's fun and that's why it's so fucking awful all the horrible things about it are true but yeah. if, if it work goes your way then yeah. it's very exciting which is why I mean because the only thing I really believe in is some form of yin and yang and the Do you sweeter thing, that? yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah. but in just, just in some sort of karma equalizer, yeah. But I mean, not in any kind of specific way, but just yeah. the fact that if something's really good yeah. and something's really awesome, there's a price for it, right? And in this case, doing what we do for a living, right. the actual doing of it, and the fact that you get money for it is so unique in the world because oh, yeah. most people just have to eat bowls of shit, yeah. For a living that they can't even make it on. Right. Uh, that, it's it's yeah. going to suck. It's it got to suck somehow. It's sure. got to be awful in many, many ways. Oh, no. I, I, I realize that we have yeah. a lot to be grateful for and thankful for. And that's I know, I know. And I, and I also get bored with having to preface everything with like, <laughs> of course I feel lucky. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know. But the, but, but, the, but the thing is, is that, okay, so you did that show and then you did the Private Eye show. Yeah. Which you did, how many did you make of that? Well, if, in between there, I did a show called Quintuplets. Yeah. Cause uh, I, which I just was an actor in. That was on Fox. That was on Fox for one season. Yeah, and it was you know it was it was like a really good cast, but it was kind of typical, right? Slightly dirty Fox family comedy. And then know? yeah, and then the private eye show John Groff. Yeah, Jonathan Groff was the head writer. Yeah, and Conan actually uh, it was Conan's it. idea. Uh huh. The idea of the show about a. Uh, a CPA who rents the office space of a retired private investigator yeah, and yeah, then yeah. starts taking private eye work because there's not a lot of CPA work. Right. Um, it was funny. Yeah, that was Conan's idea. He had that idea for that show and then he and Jonathan Groff, and I think he'd had it for a few years and they had it to, he they finally sat down to do it together and uh, and they, they thought that I would be good for it. How so. many episodes did that go? That was only like six, I think. Right. So now I, I, let's get, I want to get the picture now. So now all of a sudden, okay, this weird th deal that Conan made 10 years ago to take The Tonight Show. Yeah. Comes, it happens. Yeah. Now, do you, I remember when he made that deal. Do you? I mean, yeah, I remember, sure. oh, absolutely. And yeah, I remember talking to him about it. Now, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Because when he made that deal, like, I, given, like, I, I'm trying to figure out how I want to phrase this because I've been doing his show for as long as you were on that show. Yeah, I've been yeah. doing that show since the beginning. What, like 30 sometimes yeah. or something? Well, yeah, 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 45 times, whatever. Who's counting? I'm you not are. Counting. Yes. Yeah. So he makes that deal, and I remember that deal, and I remember thinking, is that something he would really want to do? You know, I knew the deal was sweet, but it all the whole thing struck me as odd. Yeah. That really Jay Leno's just going to walk away from the show 
and just say, I'm done. There's Conan. Let him have it. Now, you guys, you took over the show. It looked great. It looked, it, it's never looked better. Conan got the hang of it. You came back out of nowhere. I was like, holy shit, there's Andy. He gets, yeah, yeah. He gets insurance again. <laughs> that was my first thought. I was That's like, right. I, I saw Andy. I'm like, oh, Andy's got his uh, health insurance. Woo! Is that how you felt? A little bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I mean, I had, I got, I had three network sitcoms that I was the quote unquote star of. And there, yeah, in a, you know, in this Western civilization we live in, there's something about threes oh, and about chances mm-hmm. and about you getting three of them right. and then fuck you. Yeah, yeah. So I was intensely aware, of, and I actually was developing a sketch comedy for Comedy Central uh, because I, but I, it was part of just the being chewed up and spit out of the primetime machine. Right. Which, you know... So go, so so it goes, you know. Right. I mean, and I was, and I actually at that point when Conan asked me if I wanted to do that, I thought I really felt like, oh my god, getting to go somewhere where, first of all, what's what's beautiful about the job is when I'm the head, of, when I'm the star of a sitcom, yeah, I have to talk to all those people, right? When I'm the sidekick on a talk show. He talks to all those people. Right. And so all I got to do is show up to work where everybody likes me, where I'm, I like everybody else. Do a couple jokes. Be funny, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, write some bits, but mostly just add to the bits while I'm doing them, which is what I'm kind of best at. Anyway, right. it's when I add the most content to the show is when I'm just fucking around live. Uh, it was perfect, especially I'm older I got a lot of shit out of my system in terms of, I wonder if I can carry something on my own. And the answer is, well, yeah, you can. Not for very long, apparently, <laughs> but you can. So, you know, it's like, all right, well, I did that. Yeah. Uh, and I got kids. So, it, like, now it's like, I don't. Uh. So it's sort of a godsend. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It and was absolutely a godsend. Like, when Such I was- a huge relief. To just be able to go somewhere and be funny on television without all the fucking bullshit yeah, and, and all the jumping through hoops and get your health insurance and yeah, I mean, I mean, I, you know, people forget that you know we still work for a living. Yeah, and like I when I saw you, I was like, well, thank God, Andy's got a gig. That's right. Where the hell's he been? That's right. Were you were you in a dark place? Uh, it it would come and go where like things would happen and it would be okay. But yeah, no, it was, it got, it got kind of scary and, you know, and there were some home equity loans that were done and, uh, oh yeah, but definitely. Yeah, no, because when I would work, but you were already out here, you were the only guy that was actually already Absolutely. out Absolutely. I'd been out here since 2001. So you didn't have yeah. that thing where it's like, I uprooted my life. No, 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 no nothing like that. How I, many of those guys went back? Are they all still out here? Only a couple, mm. only a couple. Some of them have gone back like just to do. You know, like guys like stage managers going back to just kind of do some award shows. But Smiley's still here, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, Brian Kiley and Sweeney, yeah, and all absolutely, that. Well, absolutely. And you guys are signed up. You're you're going. Yes, everyone's going to TBS. Yeah, as far as I know, yeah. I mean, I'm not. No, I, no, I'm I not privy right. to all of that. And it will be. It will be. It's not the Tonight Show. It's a startup on a cable network. So good. you know, there's well, that's good in one sense, but there's not as much money. Is basically what it is. Yeah. So I, in terms of who's going to be able to come, and you know, I don't know. I don't. It. I don't know if we'll be able to support the entire staff that we did before, and that's not because I have any insider information. Well, let me ask you something. That's honestly. because you just don't know. Yeah. 
So, okay, so now my feeling was is that, like, knowing Conan and having seen him evolve and grow and, and, and see him find his voice and figure out how to do a show, everybody watched him publicly learn how to do what he does right. on television. And then you're back there. And when I watched The Tonight Show, and then when they put Jay before you, what was the feeling there at, at work? Did you feel like this, that they were setting you up to fail? No, but that's also because... And I don't think it's that unique phenomenon, um, but I felt at the time, I didn't want to feel that way at the time. I wanted to be optimistic about it because it's my life and it's my future. Mm. And I don't want, I cannot exist going around looking for snakes under every table. You know, I mean, it, and it's the same way when you work on it. And I've had, because I've had a lot of friends, I myself, have worked on things that are kind of shitty. Yeah. You know, that you just know are dumb. Mm -hmm. But you have to tell yourself, you know, this is pretty good. Right. And then when you're done, you're like, oh my God, that was fucking awful. Yeah. But you got to tell yourself. And it's not, I don't, I'm not saying that our show is bad, but you brainwash yourself into thinking, this is good. They like it. It has a future. I have a future. And so, uh, you know, having Jay go on at 10, I felt like, ah. Uh, some people like, it'll never work. Other people, I think it could be great. I felt like, well, I don't know whether it'll work or not. I felt, my personal feeling at the time was, it's an interesting experiment. I wish it was someone else yeah. conducting it. Right. Because I did not see Jay Leno, like him or not, who he is not the guy that you're going to put at the front of your new experimental... Tonight show. Yeah, genre breaker. You know that's gonna that's gonna re change that's gonna you know rearrange the map of how network television is programmed. Yeah, I just uh, you know I just felt like you know, when I watched it, I, it was clear to me that there wasn't there was um there was bad faith all around. Yeah, that you know, that that Conan, you guys did such a great job with 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 how the show looked and and sort of stepping into the mantle without changing it too much to alienate but trying to do the job. Yeah. But I felt that like right from the beginning and I don't know if I was reading into this that even when when the show started there was you know obviously nerves and and people got used to it, they got more comfortable, but then as I I think as panic started to set in and then when they put Jay in there that there, you guys were literally asked to it was like sort of like doing a show in front of a firing squad. Yeah. And I, and I have to assume that the energy between uh, in what Conan was experiencing and what was going on around him, he's already nervous. Yeah. So I I just had to like I had to I had to assume that like th this is a horrible performance situation that these guys have been put in. Yeah, uh yeah, it was. We didn't we, you know, you try to compart and I mean, I'm a world-class compartmentalizer. I wish I was I, better at it. And uh and I and you just kind of have to. You have to put all that stuff aside and go, "All right, look. Our lead-in sucks. You know, across the country, the local news is down in some places up to 50% because of Jay. Yeah, at a minimum it was down 25% across the country. Which to me was always interesting when people like uh, what's his name? Dick Ebersol comes out and starts ragging about us and saying like you can't blame your lead in. It's like, well, why isn't he bitching about? Why isn't he telling all the local newses? You guys are fucking up. Yeah. All of a sudden, co you know, coincidentally with Conan being shitty, you guys are shitty too. You know. Yeah. Which, it which is all just bullshit. It's just it was all bullshit. It was 
they put Jay in there. Well, everything was done because because Jeff Zucker is the produ- is the last thing he did before he did this was he was the producer of the Today Show, which is about solving problems as they come up and putting out fires and moving on. So when Conan O'Brien comes to you and says somebody else, and there were a couple other people, going to offer him a ton of money to come to leave late night and go over there. He uh, he can't match the money, but what he can say is say, well, you know what? How about in five years we give you the Tonight Show? Okay, so a fire is put out. You know, the five years turns into six actually because it just turned into six. Then you get to those six years, a new fire starts. Jay doesn't want to leave. What do you do? Uh, put him on at ten. Okay, that fire's out. Here's a new fire. The the uh, the local news is in the shitter. Jay's in the shitter. The, Conan's in the shitter. What do we do? Uh, let's fuck up 60 years of television tradition and have The Tonight Show start at 12.05. And we'll put Jay on for a half an hour to just do the part of the show, the only part of the show that anyone watches or that he even seems to check in for the first half hour. And then Conan will go there. And that was the point at which... Conan, Conan said. said, no, no. But every one of those decisions was made without any kind of thought for the future, in my opinion. Right. There were some sort of devious things that happened, but I think that they're all in, it, it, they, there's like a devious hindsight that happens where let's put Jay on at 10. Great idea. Hey, wait a minute. Even if Jay blows at 10, we still, you know, he's still in a holding pattern. Right. And he, we just pop him back in there. Right. We actually, you know, this deal we made with Conan, you know, that's, uh, we're not so crazy about that. Right. Why do, you know, because that's they don't the bad want, faith yeah, argument. they don't want to stir shit up really with looking to the future, which is, which is the forward thinking reason to put Conan O'Brien in, in place of Jay Leno, who's been on the air for 18 years, whose demographics are shitty. They're just shitty, you know. And, in terms and, of who they are? In terms of who they are and what people buy. Yeah. They're old. Yeah. And I'm sorry, old people listening. The advertising world thinks you're shitty. Yeah. And they, and they don't think you're worth anyone's time. Right. Uh, so they covet younger people. We could make that audience younger. We could have raised more money. But you can't just do that with a flip of a switch. It takes some time. Sure. Nobody was willing to do that. Nobody really wants to take that because there's a, there's a possibility that it doesn't work out that way. And they like to make things... You know, stockholders and all that shit and all those people you got to answer to and all the money, money, money. Like, ah, Do you think eventually working. you could have gotten the numbers that Jay Absolutely. got? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I think that if we had had... Uh, think of how many years the Jay Leno, with Lee, if we're talking about lead-in, just how many years he had just rich, fertile soil being laid at his feet for him to plant in. Yeah. You know, you had ER and yeah. all of, you know, the, yeah. the must-see TV and <laughs> yeah. all those years of just NBC beautiful. just ass-kicking. Fields just of feeding, green. feeding yeah. right into him. You Fertilizing. Know? And, uh, and then we, we get on, and we had the summer, because we came, you know, there was like a few months. Yeah. We had the summer. Within, within a number of weeks... We had ra- we had lowered the the median age of the Tonight Show viewer by I think 
over 12 years. No shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, our numbers, our actual number numbers weren't as big, um, but I think that they would have continued and they would have grown, you know. We could have, you know, who knows? I'm not saying, like, that we were a sure thing, but I think that we certainly... I think that there was much more of a future in us right. than there was in him. Well, the, and the ultimate decision was made on the fact that it costs a lot more money to get rid of him than it did to us. Right, and also Zucker just kind of said, you know, fuck it. You, you know, I, I his gamble was it's going to cost more to get to to get rid of Jay. Yeah, and he said, uh, well, you know what? I bet you this just becomes a glitch, and that yeah. you know we stick Jay back in there, and people will think this whole thing was a hallucination. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Looking ahead, then what 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 have the pep talks been around the TBS deal in terms of what what has Conan said to you? What what do you feel like this show is going to be? Oh well, what Conan and I have said to each other, and, and I mean, there's not a lot of like, oh, now we strategize. That you know, that, that we just don't. talk What have about the live shows like been like? Oh, the live shows were great. The what did you guys were, do? We basically did. Like a musical review, comedy, act, you know, comedy bit. It was like comedy bits from the show interspersed with musical stuff. You and know, there's a band on stage, so you got to make it musical to make it more friendly for a live audience. And people dug it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, yeah. It w- I mean, it kind of was, at, at times it was absurd. I mean, I, 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 and this is my neuroses. I felt like, you know, this is a funny show. This is a good show. I like, because we put it to, you know, we took about a month to put it together. We had about two weeks to rehearse it, to really put it together. And there was a time when I was kind of worried, like, holy shit, how are we going to do something for 90 minutes on a live show in all these different cities? How are we going to, and throughout the rehearsal process, I felt like, okay, you know what? This is funny. There's some good stuff in here. This is a funny show. This is 90 minutes of, of entertainment. This is a good, funny show. Yeah. Then we started doing it, and people went bananas, ape shit, like, yeah. and I felt like, you know, it's not that good. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's a good show, but Jesus, kids, calm down. Well, you they know? rallied behind him. I think he became sort we of became a, a cause. cause. It yeah. was, yeah. I mean, and Conan's aware of that. Well, you know? is it was part of the 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 drive to do the live shows a sort of like a, a you know political campaign to cross the country at the back of a train going, no, hello, no. I'm no. still a take, here. A victory lap, yeah. sort of. No, well, not um, a victory lap, just sort of like let's rally the troops because we're getting ready well, to launch. I mean. Th- th- Maybe maybe le- it, it became that. Right. But the main thing it was, was he couldn't be on TV. He couldn't even be on the internet. Like, he couldn't have done a podcast. Right. Uh, he can't right now. He can't until September. You know, he was on 60 Minutes. Right. But that's different because that's an interview. It's not like, I get it. You know, so he, you know, he's, he can't provide entertainment anywhere. Except in the live format. Until September. Right. Except in a live arena. So... I I wouldn't be surprised if his wife said you got to do something. Get you can't sit in this house because yeah. he well, like you said he's a he Same. is a he runs on a high RPM and he yeah. needs yeah. a lot of outlet. Yeah, he's he's very intense. Yeah, so he uh, <laughs> uh, you know that we did that and also it was he he paid a lot of people out of his pocket until I think until up until June he made sure that people were paid out of his own pocket up until June. But it was harder to pay the band out of some reason for some kind of union reason. So that was a big one of the big things was to get the band paid, like to give the band. Oh, so so really the the secret uh, mission was to get the band paid, to get the band paid, and to just keep going, right? To just kind of keep going, yeah. And and then the you know to go do that, 
it's it's unusual for us to go do that. So it did kind of have to be answered. Why are we doing this? Yeah, which is you know the first half hour of the show was yeah. kind of him doing a bit of a stand up bit about. You know, why are we doing this? Yeah. Which seemed very vital for the first three weeks or so of the tour. Yeah. But then towards the end, especially after the TBS deal was announced, it seemed more and more sort of like, oh, this is yesterday's news. But, uh-huh. you know, we had written the show, had a limited shelf life, and so we just did it. Then. Uh, and you had a pretty good time. I, I had a great time, yeah. So now the TBS show is going to start in September? We're, uh, it's going to start November eighth. I think is the air date. And and what what what's the word out? Let's get back to that question. What do you right. feel the format's going to be? Is it going to be the the twelve thirty show? Basically, uh, I don't know. Hmm. I really don't. We haven't had any of those kind of discussions about it. And when we've well, we've had discussions about not having that discussion mm-hmm. while we were out on tour. Because mm-hmm. I actually haven't talked to Conan since the tour left because he went to. Connecticut and just started to decompress and uh, in fact I just emailed him yesterday just to ask him if he was back here yet uh-huh. um, but he had, we talked about how we didn't feel like we were even able to start thinking about what the hell the show would be but do you feel like the pressure's off a little bit and you're excited to sort of get like there's something about you know tbs is going to be supportive you know there's less money at stake the ratings are not this it's not the same game that maybe you can build something organically all of those things and all of those things and And we're not filling we're not we're not becoming the caretakers of a beloved franchise right but also i have to imagine that in some respects in the minds of conan and the writers that you're going to have to tweak it enough so that it becomes something original again yes to you guys yes so that no one's going to make these comparisons when that when the numbers come out or anything else yeah it has to be its own thing again but i just know from our process that that kind of thinking that that will be the cart and the horse will be what's going to be funny and what feels right right and what seems like you know, it, there is a marketplace that you have to be aware of, and what you know, where is there, where is there a vacuum? Like, what what's not out there in the marketplace right, right now? Well, that's gonna be interesting. You know, so I mean, it's all those are all questions that we have to decide, and I don't, uh, you know, I I definitely know that from the late night show to t- the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. uh, there was certainly a level conan used to tell you know he started saying like i just don't see you know it's the tonight show we can't have a trap door open up and an old sea captain come out and go like hey you o'brien get over here you know we just it's just at the tonight show he did he said that yeah he said things like that because number you think he was wrong mm, yeah uh, no i don't think he was wrong Mm. i don't think he was i don't think he was wrong because um well, number one is his show, and what you say is right and wrong, you know. No, no, I um, understand. But I don't, I don't think he was wrong uh, because I, th- I just think he's right. I think that the Tonight Show is about it's bigger. Is about a talk show. Sure. Well, and, and it's also and, and, and that art when we did the Tonight Show, it was about him and me and the band being in that studio interviewing famous people. And also I think that the absurd comedy bits had to be, you know, I think the way he was thinking is like, we can do what we did, but it's going to have to be bigger. It's going to have to fit this stage. Yes. So, well, so- it's not so much the bigness of it. It's the, it's the, all right, everybody at 1235, we could say to the audience, 
we are going to change the reality now. Yeah. Like now all of a sudden there's going to be a ghost that right. comes in here and this is going to be for the next four minutes a little ghost story. Yeah. Are you with us? Yeah. And the audience, being mostly college kids and unemployed people, said yes. And it's a very small studio, that studio. Uh, yeah, that too. That That's helpful too. Um, so, but uh, at the Tonight Show, it's like, it's the Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah, it's You can't are... have a, you know, Dracula. Yeah. You know, but. It's hard to make it small and, yeah, to, make, and to shift yeah. the reality. And we, we would, there were bits that we would yeah. try and rehearse uh, that would feel, we'd go, no, that feels more 1230. And I can tell you, this isn't me. I prefer twelve thirty. Yeah. That's much more to my taste. Yeah. But when you're doing a show like that, you gotta. It's not for you that you're doing it, you know. And yeah. you you have to consider. Your it. They call it a host, just like when you got people at your house. Yeah. You if you got company, you got to make them comfortable. Yeah. You can't like I'm gonna have a dinner party and challenge those motherfuckers to. You know, eat the up, food. I yeah serve. to update their ethos. Yeah, yeah. I'll show them. <laughs> Welcome, asshole. You know, and we have talked about the fact that it will be fun to, like I say, not fucking worry about that. Well, not huh. you know, not have to worry about doing a living up to this franchise, starting something new, something that you know he's definitely said this is the first time I've haven't been handed something. Or handed off something. I shouldn't say handed like it was a gift. Right, you can. But I mean, you know, like now he's interesting out on his own, and he hasn't like the torch has not been passed because it was from Letterman and then it was from Leno. So now it's his. And for me, the most exciting thing, having done this long enough, the only thing that I trust anymore because I've been a, I was the fucking sidekick on the Tonight Show, and that vaporized after seven months. Right. I mean, there's not a better, more tenured position in show business. For what I do, than right, that, right, and it went away. Right. So I know things go away. But one thing that does not go away is ownership, right? And Conan has ownership of this show, so uh, you know he's the boss, and I don't, and I, so we do not have to worry that much. Outside of being horrible, dismal failures, which isn't going to happen, we know what we're doing enough that shit we can compete with all the other garbage shit, yeah, on television. And, you know? hell, hell yeah, and also it's great opportunity. Like maybe some of this live show stuff is about him sort of trying to feel his way around some stuff on stage again and try to take ownership. I mean, actually, when he put it that way, where he w- wasn't handed this, and even on a format level, he can sort of define it however he wants. Yeah, yeah. That, that it's sort of exciting creatively. Yeah, absolutely. And and let's talk a little bit before we go about you know your your personal life. Everything's good. Kids yeah, everything's good. great. Why is good i i you know i uh one of the as i get older one of the uh things working against my career is uh that i don't give a shit about anything but going home and hanging out hanging out with the kids and swimming <laughs> with them and cooking dinner how you know? old are they now uh not i have a nine-year-old boy and a four-year-old girl mm. and uh and that's like this doing this tour was really fun but like Conan, Conan said at one point, he's like, "It's just really hard to go and do these shows and then go home." And the very next day, someone says, "Could you unload the dishwasher?" And you're like, <laughs> "Last night, yeah. five thousand people were screaming my name." <laughs> um, but I, you know, and I told him, I said, "Yeah, but the dishwasher—that's yeah. that's the real thing. Yeah. Like that's the thing that the other th- the other thing I there's something in me, 
and I've never had 5,000 people scream my name. Right. I mean, but I, well, I have. I mean, I was on the tour and I yeah. came out and people, you know, occasionally, hey. yeah, yeah, you know, but that shit I don't trust. Yeah. Like unloading a dishwasher like that, I feel like I trust this. Yeah. Like this is important. This will be there tomorrow. I got to unload yeah. this dishwasher to show these people, yeah. you know, this, this who will like be it here. or not yeah. are going to be the ones wiping my ass. <laughs> I gotta show them. Look, I unloaded yeah. the dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. gonna have to roll me over. Oh, beautiful! In a nursing home bed someday. And how, how about uh, demons? Wise, you don't smoke. That, that, you've been off them. No, since I you don't quit. smoke. It's cigarettes. been a long time, no, right? No. I, Do you I remember mean, when we used to smoke? Yeah, sure. Well, how long has it been for you? I quit. Uh, I quit on, and I I just remember it was September seventeenth, two thousand and one. Right. Uh, so it was right after nine eleven. But that was sort of just coincidental because I was starting to work because I, it had gotten to the point where I, I tried to quit smoking a number of times. And then we quit when my wife got pregnant because she quit too. She struggled right. with it a lot. And uh, and then I started up again after my son was born. I went to work on a movie in Canada and started smoking $8 cigarettes yeah. up in Canada. Yeah. And, and it, But every winter I was losing my voice twice, three times. And I was starting to film this network television show yeah. that had my name in the fucking title. Right. And I just really felt like I cannot lose my voice. I have to do this. Yeah. And uh, and I and I was just ready to. Oh, just, yeah. I yeah, was just it. ready. It was just it was such a disgusting, Ugh. gross habit, and I was not enjoying it. Every I rarely had that moment of like that first cigarette and, and going like, like <sighs> Ah, I, it was all just, I really felt like I was just, you know, jerking off with shit lubricant every time I did yeah, it. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. Now, like every everything with me though, now I'm like, you know, because I just got off nicotine again. I haven't smoked in like 10 years. Now like I'm shoving ice cream into my face. Yeah, it never yeah. fucking ends. Yeah. Do you have a food thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, number, I, I, I have a food thing, but I have, I mean, I've always been kind of the fat boy. Yeah. Um, But I'm, you know, I'm active. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I, but I, I certainly could lose thirty or forty pounds. That's the main thing. I, you know, that's yeah. the main thing for me is just I would just I would love to lose weight, but like a lot of that is kind of like it's just stuff that I'm not really, you know, like like not drinking. Like that would if whenever I've had a occasion for like whatever, like a health reason or whatever to not drink or yeah. weight just flies off. Yeah, like I don't like I had this. I had this health thing a few years ago, and and I so I didn't drink for a couple of months. Yeah. I lost like ten pounds yeah. in a week and a half. Oh yeah, and I don't even really drink that much. Yeah, you know, I yeah. probably have, I probably have like a glass of vodka four yeah. nights a week. Yeah, but that in itself, that's like an extra meal practice. You know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and what? But you're not. You were never a big drinker. No, no, no. I have never. No, the only thing I ever felt out of control with was weed yeah. I, and that was that was i was that was prior to when i actually had health care and could afford antidepressants oh right yeah and, now and can, i was kind of self-medicating sure you know? and now health and now weed is on uh, and now you can yeah get it. it's part yeah. of health care i don't think my insurance it i don't i haven't checked with sag insurance but i don't think they cover do you uh, uh do you uh oh so you're on antidepressants yeah yeah do you have, have been a, for years you got a family history Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They live in a fucking black cloud house, a house made of not plaster. <laughs> Who but does? My entire family. My entire family. You know, <laughs> the motto is uh, "Come sit on the couch with me and judge." You know, <laughs> why go out and do things? Just sit here with me. 
But your parents aren't together, right? No. Okay. No, my parents have been divorced for many, many years, uh, largely because of my father's homosexuality. <laughs> that, that sort of that was that was a deal breaker, apparently. And how's that I mean, they out? they tried to overcome it, but it just got in the way. His How gayness, does that? <laughs> his gayness really got in the way. How did that work out? Trying to overcome it. Uh, how not, old, not well. How old I was were you? Four. I was oh, four. Okay, so you I was the, four. You yeah, missed yeah. the drama of it. Oh no! I, I mean, you know, it, it, it was serial drama for many, many years, and in many ways goes on to this day. Um, but it's you know, it's it's life. It's life. You know. Do they get along now? In as much as they get along with anybody, <laughs> you know. It, honestly, they they it's at this point it's kind of it's more like a sibling relationship. Yeah, and my dad will still spend holidays with my mother, and they are—they really are—they're still family. Um, in that they have my brother and me are—you know—they have children together. But even beyond that, they're family because my dad was my aunt's best friend in high school. Right. Um, oh, okay. So your and mother's and, sister. And, yeah, yeah. My mother's older sister. Right. So my dad knew my mom since she was, you know like a preteen and then they you know fell in love a, a later on yeah which now in retrospect through modern eyes it's like number one my aunt is the biggest fag hag in the world and the fact <laughs> how that her did best no one friend, know <laughs> her best friend was this guy that went to like a working class high school in springfield illinois in seersucker suits and dusty <laughs> no <bucks>. one knew <laughs> it's so hilarious and, and my mom tells me stories like you know when he finally came out to her uh she said that she thought he was cheating on her, but she didn't. Yeah. She didn't have the foggiest notion that it was with men, and that she said she said, and right after he said it, you know, this whole wave of memories of incidents of things that I should have seen came to me, and I was, and I said, like what? And she goes, one time he was coming over to my house and he was late, and we didn't know. I got worried. He he was hours late. And then he got over and he was really, really worried and he was very upset. And uh, he said that he was, and this is in Springfield, Illinois. Yeah. He was driving by the train station and, you, and he said to me, and you know all those men that hang out behind the train station? I pulled my car in there because I wanted to ask them, why do you do these things? What do you, why do you do this? I just, I couldn't believe that anyone would want to do that stuff. And one of them got in the car with me and then grabbed my car keys and said, I'm going to run away with your car keys and you'll be stranded here unless you give me all the money in your wallet. And I had to give him all the money in my wallet. That was his story? That was his story. And my mom was just so upset and like, oh, and so sympathetic. Of course, in retrospect, it's like... He was robbed by yeah, a you gay got robbed. You got robbed by a guy who was, you know, you were hoping to have some kind of suck-off party. Yeah, with, yeah. You know? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And she said, and looking back at it, I just was like... How could I have been so naive? It's like, well, you're from you know, born in, yeah, you're yeah. born in nineteen forty. A lot of people are though. The weird thing is, is you know how people say like you know they know they don't know no. sometimes. Like you know they they don't know secretly or any other way. Sometimes yeah, yeah. You, you get you get locked in your perception of somebody. And right. until somebody shakes you out of it, right. you keep it. Right, right. Most people aren't even having a relationship with the person they're with. They're having the a relationship with the idea. That they yeah, yeah. have of the person that you're with. I always take people at their word. And anybody that I've ever known who's been closeted or anything, I if they say, or, you know, nobody, nobody's ever straight up, but they talk about girlfriends or whatever, I'll go, okay. Yeah. And then later it comes out, oh, they're gay. Yeah. And everyone's like, you idiot, didn't you know? And I was like, no, I because he said, 
he, he had girlfriends. Right. So I just took him at his word. So you I, don't judge on that level? Well, I don't judge on that level, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> if you say you got girlfriends, you're <laughs> straight. Right. I'm not going to think about you any more than that. Whatever. You know, I don't have time for you. Oh, that's hilarious. So you get along with your old man and everything? Not so much anymore. When did that happen? Oh, that happened recently. We had a... He At uh, this age, it's supposed to go the other I way. I know, I know, I know. Uh... It's a lot of like personal stuff. It's yeah. like it, you know, it's 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 stuff that I'm. I mean, I'll be pretty forthcoming, but this is all kind of stuff that I. There's too many people involved. Sure, it's all inner family fighting. Oh, okay. And um, and a lot of uh, a lot of just plain old craziness. Sure, crazy kind of yep. abusiveness and yep. just sort of having to feel like enough's enough. Oh, okay. You yeah. know, like until you say you're sorry about certain things. Yeah, yeah. No access. Yeah. Well, yeah. then, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty surface. I mean there's there's still kids, you know, mm-hmm. there's still grandchildren that yeah. want their grandpa. Yeah. But we're not gonna there can't be a lot of Right. Until things get fixed. Right. And I'm sitting here waiting for them to get fixed. <laughs> I you know you. yeah. Like I've yeah. I've made I it's out there. <laughs> yeah. Fix it. Yeah. It's in your hands. Yep. It, yep. All it takes is a little opening of the heart. Right, right. Yeah, I, I know that one. Yeah, I, I didn't talk to my old man for years. Well, I hope it works out. It Thank was you. great seeing you. I'm I'm um, I'm happy as hell that uh, you're going to have the job and the show and that your family's well and everything else. Thank you. And it was great catching up. Yeah. Andy Richter, I appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. All right, that's the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Please, folks, go to WTFPod.com and give me some money. How would that be? Because I'm building a deck that I had to build so when I invite you to a party, you wouldn't fall and end up in a wheelchair. Okay? That's why I'm doing it. For you. But uh, you can uh, get on the mailing list, please. I'm getting, a, I'm having a great time doing those emails. And if you are in Minneapolis, please come see me on the 17th of July at the Triple Rock Social Club. If you're in New York or Brooklyn, please come see me on the 18th or 19th at Union Hall, uh, working up uh, my hour for London. Or please come see me at Comics on the 21st, where we're doing two live WTFs, 7.30 and 9.30. Please go to punchlinemagazine.com for all your comedy news and go to standuprecords.com to... Uh, to pick up on some of those artists over there, you know, like Maria Bamford, Stan Hope, myself, Stand Up Records, and by all means, get some JustCoffee.coop. Did I cover it? Did I cover it? Got it. I'm so glad you guys like this show. Pow. Oh. Talk to you later.